0: Well, good morning, and welcome to another edition of Today's Nutrition, where we discuss what's hot in the news, what's new in research, or any topic that can affect our health, vitality, and longevity. Last month or so, we have discussed a lot on gut health, detoxification, thoroughly discussed the importance of a healthy gut, treating leaky gut, and improving the bacterial diversity by eating lots of organic vegetables and a high-quality diet. And we also talked about how the lining of the digestive tract is only one cell thick. But if laid out, it would cover the size of a tennis court. That is just purely amazing what is done in that one cell thick lining. It digests and absorbs our food and converts it into all those little chemical messengers that just run through the whole body doing everything, making it run Effortlessly. That gut lining is incredible. It has its own nervous system full of neurotransmitters and hormones and chemical messengers, enzymes, and bacteria. That's why it's called the second brain. It even is home to 70 to 80 percent of your body's entire immune system. Boy, if the gut bacteria doesn't tag it, it's ignored. So much goes on in that digestive tract, and we are learning more, it seems, daily. Last five years, I think it's over 50,000 studies have been done on gut bacteria. It's kind of like the new frontier, but the really old frontier that we're just really rediscovering with today's science. Hippocrates, the father of modern medicine, I think said it best when he said all disease begins in the gut. So we continue. Recently, I've been digging into a lot of research on all sorts of things getting tied together. And some really interesting research is coming up on gut health, the microbiome diversity, vitamin D, and immunity. And I thought it would be helpful and maybe even fascinating to you. I'll try not to geek out too much, but I think it really is fascinating how totally interconnected the body is. Each healthy little thing builds on other healthy little things like a healthy gut. So this week I came across research on gut bacteria and vitamin D. So pretty new stuff published just in December. In the past we pretty much thought vitamin D deficiency and its associated deficiency is it put you at risk for many cancers, cardiovascular disease, diabetes, osteoporosis, autoimmune disease. It's good for healthy bones and teeth, good for the mood, energy production, and recently a lot of research on severe COVID-19 reactions. But now we're able to tie the gut health with active vitamin D status. So our body is even more interconnected with the gut at its core. We know Vitamin D deficiency affects approximately 80% of individuals in some countries, and it is linked to gut dysbiosis and inflammation. If someone's got a lot of inflammation, it is common for them to have difficulty getting their serum D up to an adequate level. I see it all the time. Huge doses of D2 or even the active D3 and their levels don't budge. The inflammation is interfering. And now we're looking at gut dysbiosis and low vitamin D levels. In one study, they measured the gut microbiome before and after a short period where they supplemented with vitamin D. Just by supplementing with vitamin D, they found it significantly increased gut microbial diversity in a really good way. So can you imagine taking vitamin D, increasing gut flora diversity? And I wonder what all would happen, all the benefits, if the study would have been a little bit longer. So in this study, specifically, there are a couple families that I know I've talked about before, a couple families of bacteria in the gut. One's the bacteroidetes, and the other is the firmicutes. And by taking vitamin D, the bacteroidetes to the firmicutes ratio increased, along with the amazing Acromansia and bifobacterium. I know those are big words, you know, I don't know who names these, but if you've listened to many of my podcasts, you know that the firmicutes are associated with obesity and inflammation and a processed high sugar diet, whereas the bacteroidetes are associated with a higher vegetable diet and less inflammation. So by increasing the bacteroidetes and decreasing the firmicutes, it is potentially changing a whole lot throughout the whole system. Similar to eating more vegetables and avoiding sugar and a processed diet. Now, I'm not recommending taking vitamin D as a shortcut, but I'm just telling you another benefit of vitamin D. Then, by increasing acromancia. Oh my goodness, that is having a tremendous benefit on the immune system. Dr. William Lee, I know I've talked about him before, it's L.I., he's a Harvard immune oncologist. He wrote the book, Eat to Beat Disease, and he has a TED Talk, uh, Eat to Beat Cancer or to Starve Cancer. And he's promoting the benefits of small amounts of acromancia for our immunity. And it's hard to increase acromancia. Normally, you have to eat a heck of a lot of pomegranates or unsweetened cranberries for about eight weeks to increase the acromancia family of bacteria. But just by eating or taking vitamin D, you're increasing this group of friendly bacteria and potentially also benefiting your immunity. So you can see the benefits by taking vitamin D, but also... There is a bacteria B four twenty that is found in the metagenics ultraflora control that also shows the increase in acromancia. Kind of hard to get. You cannot take a pill that just gives you the acromancia. You've got to like promote it by other means. But to think that taking vitamin D is having a positive impact on the gut microbiome and the acromancia and the the bacteroides. It's, it's just the more we learn, the more amazing it becomes. So then now there's another study from the scientists at the University of California, UC um, San Diego. They got a whole different angle. They've discovered that gut bacteria may actually play an active role in converting the inactive vitamin D to its active form. And that's the form that's got all the health benefits. We formerly thought that vitamin D was just converted by the kidneys and the liver, but now we have to add the gut flora. So we're continuing to learn just how extremely complex this amazing body is. So much crosstalk. Vitamin D increases gut flora diversity, but the diversity may actually be helping the vitamin D to convert to its active form that can actually be used in the body. So if you're measuring... But we do. We measure vitamin D status, and that normally, we're measuring the inactive precursor. And that just reflects how much vitamin D the body is storing. But the crucial factor may be how that vitamin is metabolized rather than how much is stored. And the gut flora may be responsible for this critical step. So this is pretty amazing to know how far-reaching the benefits of vitamin D Same researchers from UC San Diego found higher levels of active vitamin D in a study where they had older males, and they were also just studying the diversity in the gut microbiome. So higher levels of active vitamin D had greater diversity in older males. So levels of active vitamin D are correlated, connected with higher friendly bacteria in their gut. And just associated with better health in general. So, vitamin D increases gut flora, but now gut flora activates vitamin D. It's like round robin. So, it's not just sun exposure, it matters how well your body is able to mat- metabolize that into an active vitamin D. All oh, comes back to the gut. And then there was this osteoporosis study where they studied about 567 men living in six different cities. And they were taking part of the study called the osteoporotic fractures in men study. So not only did males with the highest levels of active vitamin D, again, have the greater microbiome diversity, but they also harbored more of a friendly bacteria that produces a compound called butyrate. And butyrate in the gut is known to help prevent colon cancer, lower cholesterol, and combat insulin resistance. Oh, my goodness. Simple things that make such a difference. So now, you know, COVID-19, still a big thing. So what is the latest on the role of vitamin D? Studies are ongoing investigating the role of vitamin D, and and there's just more coming in all the time. But a a systematic review of a lot of studies in the British Medical Journal, drew on about 25 different randomized placebo-controlled trials that looked at whether vitamin D supplement could prevent acute respiratory tract infections like we see with COVID. The International Research Consortium looked at about 11,000 participants, and they concluded, and I quote, vitamin D supplementation was safe, and it protected against respiratory, acute respiratory tract infection overall. So why vitamin D? So those, those experts that cited the study as circumstantial evidence may have a protective role in COVID-19. Their articles were appeared in the best journals. You've got The Lancet, Diabetes and Endocrinology, British Medical Journal, Prevention and Health, Metabolism. And aging and the clinical experiment research. So, common thread is they highlight adequate vitamin D is going to help the immune system fight off this virus as well as other viruses that cause respiratory infection. People with vitamin D deficiency can't do it effectively. D is sort of regulating, modulating the immune reaction. And it keeps it from getting too extreme and causing that cytokine storm that we heard about so much with people that were hospitalized. That cytokine storm is the crux of the inflammation. So anybody that lives in the northern latitudes, and we're talking anything above 35, and around here, we're about 40, we do not get enough of the UVB radiation September through March. Here we are in April, so if you're outside for a couple hours a day, you're good, you know, but not too many people are outside two hours a day. And if you have darker skin, the darker skin pigment blocks the sun rays, so it's harder to get vitamin D. That is undoubtedly why darker skin people have poorer outcomes of COVID. It isn't racial disparity, it's biology. My grandson, darker skin and his pediatrician was so wise, she put him on vitamin D very early. No colds for him. So you just you just have to be aware of that. A study in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition found that almost 20% of blacks in the United States were classed as being at risk for vitamin D deficiency. That's correlates to nearly 8.5 times greater than the white counterparts just because of the darker skin not being able to absorb the UVB rays. So that's why the blacks were more likely to die if they had COVID-19. They had lower vitamin D levels. So other risk factors is a diet that doesn't have enough vitamin D rich foods. So we're talking the smash again, the oily fish the salmon, the mackerel, the anchovies, the sardines, and the herring. Not too many people around there here eat that. But beef liver, not too many people eat that. Cheese, you get a smidge in cheese. You get a little bit in certain mushrooms, egg yolks, and fortified foods. Also, people at risk, people that spend very little time outside or that remain covered from head to toe, whether in ill health or they work inside. Or if they're just covered from head to toe for cultural or religious reasons. You don't get any sun, you can't make vitamin D. Or if you live way north, Canada, Alaska, they're not going to get enough of the UVB rays. Or if you live way south, when you're inside all the time because of the heat or the strong rays. You know, it's interesting, Eskimos, darker skin, but they would eat the whale blubber and the the liver, So they're getting a lot of vitamin D from their diet, even though they're darker skin. But pollution blocks the UVB. Uh, Absorption problems. uh, Medications like steroids or the cholesterol-lowering statins interfere. Smoking interferes. Obesity interferes because D is a fat-soluble vitamin, and that vitamin gets stored away in the fat tissue rather than being useful. And age. As we get older, we just don't convert. Pregnancy, breastfeeding, kidney and liver health, you know, those are all the risk factors. Symptoms, not a whole lot of symptoms for vitamin D deficiencies, even though it can cause long-term problems. And our recommendations that the government gives us are just so ridiculously low. Um, I find that most people should get tested to see what your baseline is, but you're probably going to end up supplementing somewhere between two and 5,000 IUs just to get there. So gut health. Gut diversity, diet, vitamin D, immunity. It goes round and round. Little seemingly things promote other good little things. It's those little hinges that swing the big door on health, vitality, and longevity. Thanks for listening to another edition of Today's Nutrition. I hope you learned something that will help you or someone you love. As always, you can listen to this again or other shows wherever you listen to podcasts, or you can just go to my website where I also I have video blogs and other radio shows that can help keep you up to date on healthy subjects. Have a great day, and remember, do something really good for yourself today.